You are listening to audio from First Baptist Church in Fort Walton Beach. If you would like more resources or to watch our service online, please visit fbcfwb.org. Listen in as Pastor Wade helps us abide in Christ and advance the gospel through the teaching and the proclamation of God's Word. Merry Christmas. I love it when uh, Christmas Day falls on a Sunday. It's always a very special time in the life of the church and always special for me and my family. I know that coming to church on Christmas morning presents some challenges for some families. In fact, I had a dad walking in this morning and he said, some of us have been up since five in the morning. So you need to bring it this morning to keep us awake. So a little added pressure on me to, to, to keep you engaged, uh, but it is a, a wonderful time for us to gather together. In fact, there are three realities that converge on this Sunday morning that I wanted to share with you very quickly as we kind of walk through the remainder um, of this service. Three realities about Jesus that we're going to celebrate together. In fact, that's why we're here. You know, a birthday is a time to celebrate someone, correct? And this is the the day that we set apart to recognize the birthday of a king, to recognize the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So on this birthday, we are going to celebrate Christ. And there are three particular realities about Christ that I want to celebrate with you. Reality number one, I want to celebrate his virgin birth. I want to celebrate his virgin birth. And just just quickly, would you turn with me to Matthew chapter 1 if you have your Bible. If not, I'm going to read uh, for you in just a moment. Matthew chapter 1 verse 18. Matthew's account of the birth narrative. He writes, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And I love verse 21. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name, what? Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. I love this passage. You know, as we heard in the children's story a little bit earlier, God began to tell his people 
hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus Christ uh, walked on this earth as the God-man. God began to tell his people that he was sending someone. He was sending someone who would be a savior. He was sending someone who would be a redeemer. He was sending someone who would be a great shepherd. He was sending someone who would be a great king. He was sending someone. And as these different prophets announced that God was sending someone, a, a Mashiach, a Messiah, a, a Christ, different prophets gave us different intricate details about the one that God would send. And the fact that the one that God would send to be born of a virgin was prophesied. Now watch this. Over 700 years before Jesus Christ was born to Mary. Over 700 years. The Lord said through the prophet Isaiah, chapter 7, verse 14, that the one I will send will be born of a virgin. And then here in Matthew chapter 1, the angel announces it to Joseph so that Joseph understands he's to to keep Mary as his wife, not to put her away, that the one that is in her womb is conceived of the Holy Spirit sent from God himself. And then we see in Matthew 1 that the prophecy was fulfilled. Mary gave birth to Jesus. And the Bible tells us that Mary, who knew no man had the second person of the Trinity take on human flesh in her womb by the power of the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus Christ was born, he was born fully God, fully man. What a mystery. What majesty that that the Virgin Mary gave birth to our Savior Jesus Christ. And that's the, the reality that we gather together and we remember on Christmas Day. On this Christmas Day, we celebrate the uniqueness of the virgin birth of Christ. Aren't you glad that Jesus left the splendor and glory and unceasing worship of heaven and came to this earth and took on the the frailty of human flesh for you and for me? Wow. I read a quote this morning. I don't know where the quote originally came from, but it goes something like this. Thousands and thousands of babies have become kings, grown up to become kings, but only one king became a baby. And that's the story of Christmas. So we celebrate his virgin birth, but we also want to remind ourselves the reason why Jesus came. I love the Christmas story. The virgin birth, the the babe being laid in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes, the shepherds and the wise men and the star. It's It's a beautiful, beautiful story. But the story doesn't end there, right? Jesus Christ, born of Mary, fully God, fully man, grows in maturity, in favor with God and men. Jesus, God on earth, lives a perfect, matchless life. And Jesus, during his earthly ministry, begins to to tell his disciples and to tell the listeners the reason that he came. In fact, over in Luke chapter 19, when he encounters a wee little man named Zacchaeus, Jesus says, I've come... To seek and to save that which was lost. 
And for Jesus to be a Savior, He had to do something to provide salvation. The Bible teaches that Jesus Christ, in obedience to the Father, and because of His love for you and for me, Jesus Christ, the perfect Lamb of God, went to the cross and died for our sins. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that Jesus became sin for us. He took all of your sin and guilt and shame upon himself. He took all of my sin and guilt and shame upon himself. He became sin for us. And on the cross, he took the punishment that we deserve. God the Father poured out his wrath that our sin requires. Jesus took the wrath of God in our place. And this is a reminder of God's amazing love. For it says in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, that God demonstrates or God proves his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You see, the cross is the supreme demonstration of God's love for you. In fact, you may be in this room this morning and you, you wonder, does God really love me? Does God concern himself with little old me? Does God care about me? And the cross answers that question definitively. The cross says you are loved by God because God sent his son to die. For you, his only son, Jesus Christ. So not only are we gathered here to celebrate the virgin birth of Christ, we recognize that, that Jesus was laid in a manger under the shadow of the cross. So we come to celebrate his vicarious death. The word vicarious means in our place. He died for us. So I think it is altogether appropriate on this Christmas morning as we are gathered together to celebrate his birth but to remind ourselves why he came. And so now we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper. Jesus implemented the Lord's Supper, the taking of the bread and the cup. As a reminder of what he did for us. The cup represents his shed blood. He shed his blood on the cross for us. The, the bread represents his body violently broken for us when he died in our place. And when Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper, he said, do this in remembrance of me. So on this Christmas morning, we're going to remind ourselves of the vicarious death of Christ. Thank you for listening. We pray you've been encouraged and inspired by God's Word. May the Lord richly bless you.